It's the quality that gives victory over fleshly desires. The ability to self-regulate our thought life, our emotions. Notice, for the works of the flesh, if you do them, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. You exclude yourself. But if the Spirit produces fruit in your life, against such there's no law. Pastor Daniel will share more actions of the flesh in today's message. But he'll also be telling you what actions of the Spirit are. These fruits, like love, joy, patience, and self-control, contradict the things that the world promotes as fulfilling. When you choose to walk in Christ instead of in the pleasures of your flesh, you'll find that you simply don't want to pursue sinful things. Today's message, again, does contain some mature themes, so be careful as children listen to you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Galatians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Jesus is greater than the flesh. Sorcery is actually the word pharmakia, which we get our word pharmacy from. Because the idea of sorcery in Near Eastern cultures in Jesus' day, it always involves someone partaking of something, some sort of hallucinogen or whatever, and the medicine man would go have this experience, and he'd come back and tell everyone what to do. And that's why if you actually read about those religions with the medicine, all this crazy stuff, because he's got these hammered people coming back and telling you what the gods want from you. It's called witchcraft and sorcery. That's why we have to be careful with what we put into our bodies. These are religiously motivated. And then you get into the list of all the interpersonal things, things like hatred. Now, Jesus said that hatred is murder in our hearts, right? It's kind of a nasty one. That if you hate somebody, then you've murdered them in your heart. It's work of flesh. Now, what I found with this list, as you get into the interpersonal things, it's really easy to give yourself a hall pass on a lot of these things because you love Jesus. Like, I get really on people who love Jesus who have strong political convictions and they hate the president. That's flesh, my friends. You don't have to like what he's doing. You don't have to like his policy, but you can't hate him because hatred is a work of the flesh. Exclude you from God's kingdom. Now, that's talk, but that's Bible talk. So you don't get mad at me. You can't carry hatred to somebody in your heart and say that you're being spirit-led. So insert whoever the people that you hate are for whatever the reasons you do and then mirror it against God's word. Hatred's no good. Contentions. That's a nasty one. Think about what contentions are when someone's contentious. It's like everything, I don't like that. I don't do that. That's flesh. That's flesh. Listen, if you're contentious, stop. Don't be contentious. What do you get out of being somebody who there's always a contest about? It's just flesh. I had a pastor one time say to me, he said, Daniel, you know what the difference between Christian flesh and non-Christian flesh is? You know what the answer is? Nothing. Flesh is flesh. Contentious, no good. Don't be contentious. Not only that, 
Look at what it says next. Jealousies. Now, you guys know that God is jealous for our love, but God's jealousy is not rooted in insecurity. So often when someone's jealous, a human is, almost always it's rooted in insecurity. It's a jealousy, that insecurity, it's flesh. Outbursts of wrath. Yikes. None of you guys ever have outbursts of wrath, do you? (laughs) It's flesh. It's not saying that you have to like everything. But what it's saying is that you know how to deal with what you don't like in a way that doesn't tie you into your fallenness. Outbursts of wrath. It's flesh. Selfish ambitions. The idea that I am going to push over other people to put myself forward. It's not the ambition is not the problem. The selfishness is the problem. And then, of course, you have dissensions. Now, when you think when there's dissension, it's always a subversion of authority. Now, that's the kind of thing that in a culture like ours, we don't really like talking about because we live in kind of like a, there's no such thing as authority in our culture, even though it's not really true. But if you are somebody who is dissentious, what you're doing is you're undermining authority of whatever sort. And all of us find ourselves in authority and under authority. If there's dissensions going on, guess what? That's flesh. And it excludes us. So if you're somebody who has a dissension issue, then stop that. Repent of that. Say, I'm not going to be that. Heresies, envy, murders, anything that goes against the clear teaching of Scripture. Do you envy somebody else? Envy has the idea of wanting what somebody else has, believing you deserve what somebody else has, all these different things. And then, of course, you have drunkenness and revelries. So partaking of alcoholic beverage, and then we have to include marijuana at this point as it's, it's legal for recreational use here in Washington, so you have to add that in there because it ties you to your flesh. Someone just said to me, listen, well, it's legal now, as if the American government making something legal makes it righteous in the eyes of God. Now, don't get me wrong. If it's under a doctor's prescription, we realize things that are bad for recreational use under a doctor's prescription, as long as it's legitimate and you're not abusing the doctor's prescription, under a doctor's care for medical reasons, these things can be helpful under a doctor's care. But for recreational use... It's just flesh. It's just flesh. You know, this reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. You get a very similar list. Don't you know that unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then after a huge list, which has many of the same things on there, it says, and of such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. I love that. Because what it says is that we all find ourselves in this list, but we've been washed if you're in Christ. Of such were some of us. If you're here today and you never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you find yourself on this list. If you come to Jesus, he'll wash you. He'll cleanse you. He'll set you apart. Some of us look at this as like, yeah, I used to be a lot of those things. Some of us right now are saying, I am those things right now. Just come to Jesus. Let Jesus wash you. You don't want to be a part of flesh. Because look at the other side of this. Verse 22. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. What we find here is that the Spirit produces fruit. The Spirit produces fruit. Now, if you're part of the women's ministry, my wife has been living on this with you ladies. And I'll be honest with you, my wife's the best person to teach about this. You know why? Because this is who she is. Like, I live with her. I love, I come downstairs, my wife's singing the Fruit of the Spirit song. You ladies who've heard it, you know what it is. She sings the song, and she literally lives this stuff out. It's amazing to watch, to watch a a person Say, I'm going to take this one piece of scripture and I'm going to live it and I'm going to preach it to myself. I'm going to talk about it to myself and I'm going to sing it until it becomes part of my life. But listen, when you read this list, this is who you really are in Jesus. This is who Jesus wants to make us to be as we abide in Christ. Doesn't this remind you of John 15 verse 8? When Jesus said, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. See, God is glorified when the outgrowth of our life are these things. Not the works of the flesh, all this other stuff, but this list. Now, notice what it says. Love. Of course, love's going to be the first one, right? God is love. We love God because he first loved us. The greatest of these is love. Love, self-sacrificing love. See, it's a big thing in our culture. We need to start defining love because everybody's got an idea of what love is. You have a song like looking for love in all the wrong places, right? And our culture does not understand what self-sacrificial love. If you ever want to know what love is, look at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where true agape love is found. And God wants to blossom love in our life. Not only love, but joy. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you realize that God is infinitely joyful? Joy, happiness is circumstantial. Joy is a disposition and a contention in heart, no matter what the circumstances are. Don't you want to be joyful? Now listen, you don't have to self-generate joy because God is already joyful. I, when I talk to someone and they're really grumpy, and I don't understand the grumpy Christian thing. I just don't get it. I mean, it's all good. I don't know why we get grumpy, you know? Like, I always say, DBG, don't be grumpy. When someone's grumpy, I'm always like, well, God ain't grumpy, so why are you? Because God isn't grumpy, and God is not grumpy what you're grumpy about. God did not wake up on the wrong side of the bed. God's not like, oh, I can't believe. God's joyful. Isn't it what it says? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the what of your Lord? The grumpiness? No. The joy of your Lord. God is so joyful and God sees a broken world, but he's already redeemed it. And he's so joyful about what he's doing. God is not negative. He's not upset. So why are we? Why are we? See, you don't need to self-generate joy. God is joyful. And God wants to share his joy with us. Not only joy, though, but peace. That Hebrew word shalom, which literally means the way things ought to be. And the Bible tells us that God 
has made us at peace with him through the work of Jesus. And then God shares with us his peace, which surpasses all understanding. A sense of ultimate well-being. See, when you are walking in the spirit, God's love, joy, and peace is going to be a part of our lives. Because God is peaceful. And Jesus has asked us to be peacemakers. Not only that, look at what it says. Long-suffering. That's a brutal one, isn't it? That's patience. The best definition of patience is long-suffering. Because that's what you have to do. See, a patient person is somebody who can acknowledge that God has not finished working in someone's life yet. Now, am I the only person in the room who really struggles to be patient? See, if you're impatient, and this is, I'm, I'm preaching to me and you, but I'm learning this too, the other person's not the problem. It's not that they don't got it, and I, I just can't wait. Any, I just had someone, they were very upset about something, and they're like, and patience is the one thing I have no time for. I didn't even have the heart to be like, well, you just need to read the fruit of the Spirit, okay? Because then sometimes, like, I just have no time for patience. It's like, well, then you're in the flesh. See, patience is saying God isn't finished with me yet, and God is patient with me, and so God isn't finished with that person yet, and so I'm going to trust that God knows what he's doing, and I'm going to hang in there. Not in an apathetic way either, but in an engaged way. Be long-suffering with people. And I always say it, isn't God so patient with us? I mean, each one of us would give anybody a run for the patient's money. I mean, can you imagine? Think about how much calamity God has had to deal with with you. Imagine the amount of calamity he's had to deal with with me. I mean, even right now, God's just like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for dying for Fusco. He needed it. God is so patient. So be patient with one another. What's the rush? God's fruit is born in its perfect time in someone's life. Fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering. And then kindness. Oh, Whenever I see kindness, I always think of my wife, Lynn. Lynn always says, Daniel, kindness matters. And it does. You know how often something that needs to be said is unheard because it's done in an unkind way? Because kindness realizes that there's a person on the other end. Kindness matters. And listen, if you're going to be unkind, stop. That's what I always tell people. When it comes to emails, listen, here's the thing. Don't ever send a negative email to anybody. You know why? Because they can't see your eyes and they can't hear the inflection in your voice. And listen, every time you write a negative email or a negative text, it always makes you sound infinitely more horrible than you actually are probably trying to be. Look at someone's face and talk to them. It's a terrible... 80% of communication is nonverbal. So when you send a grumpy email, you just sound like an ogre. It's not kind. And you know what's also good? It's really easy to send an unkind email. It's very hard to say something unkind to someone's face. You guys ever see that Jimmy Fallon little bit when, uh, you guys know Robinson Cano, the second baseman. He's now on the Mariners. He used to be on the Yankees. So Jimmy Fallon did this little bit. It was so, such a powerful human story, right? So Robinson Cano signed from the Yankees for the Mariners for an exorbitant amount of money. And normally the Yankees pay those type of fees for their players, but they chose not to, 
right? And so the first time Robinson Cano came back to play for the Mariners in New York, Jimmy Fallon had a great idea. He set up this big picture of Robinson Cano in Central Park, right? And he had his microphone, but Robinson Cano was there and he went up to these New Yorkers like, oh yeah, you're a Yankee fan? Yeah. Do you know Robinson Cano's back in town? Oh yeah. He's playing for the Mariners. Oh yeah. Do you have something you want to say to him? And all these people took the mic and like, yeah, we hate you. You're terrible. And then all of a sudden Robinson Cano walks out. And the change in every single person was absolutely hysterical, but tragic. Because when you're looking at a cardboard cutout of Robinson Cano, yeah, we hate you. We hope you break your leg. And then he walks out. Hey, hey, welcome back, man. We really missed you around here. But you know what's amazing? If you go to send a snarky email, know what you should do? You should save it, and you should go talk to that person. Go see them in their eyes, and you know what's going to happen? You're never going to say what's in that email, not in the same way. Because you know what happens? It's easy when it's impersonal, when you don't have to look into their eyes. It's easy, because it's flesh. But when you look into their eyes, and then you can do it, then that's a whole other story. Then you see what's in you. See, kindness matters, my friends. And if you're here and you're a Christian... We should be the kindest people in the world. Why? Because God's the kindest person you've ever met. How kind is God to you? How kind is he? Kindness matters, my friends. It does. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit. There's no law against the person who's kind. Not only kind, but then also goodness. All that pertains to good. It's kindness in total action everywhere. All that pertains to good, fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. Wow. That has the idea of dependability, someone who's steady, someone who's a faithful friend, a faithful brother or sister, someone who hangs in there in thick and thin. Isn't it true that the people who've been hung with you the longest, even if they got all sorts of other Flaws, the fact that they've been faithful means so much because we live in a world where people are so not faithful. Be faithful, brothers and sisters. Be dependable. Be someone who is trustworthy, who can be relied upon. Notice gentleness. Somebody who knows how to carry themselves. Jesus was gentle, wasn't he? I am gentle and lowly of heart. Are you gentle? Would people characterize you as a gentle person? Somebody who realizes that kid gloves are needed often. And then, of course, the last one, self-control. It's the quality that gives victory over fleshly desires the ability to self-regulate our thought life, our emotions. Notice, for the works of the flesh, if you do them, you can't inherit the kingdom of God. You exclude yourself. But if the Spirit produces fruit in your life, against such there's no law. Wouldn't you agree that these characteristics, when you say, how shall a human live, this list is solid. It's got everything in it. And that is the life that Jesus bought for us on Calvary's cross. So as I close out this message, look at what it says in verse 24. And those who are Christ 
have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So notice, for us, we are encouraged to be crucified and live in the spirit. Be crucified and live in the spirit. In verse 24, he says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We find ourselves as followers of Jesus at the cross with Jesus, crucifying just the way Jesus gave up his life, crucifying our fleshly desires with its passions and lusts. We need to be crucified ourselves, so to speak. We are doing our flesh to death, so to speak. But we don't just do the mortification piece or the self-death piece because if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, I love this. In order to have a life in the Spirit, the old person needs to die. You can't have new life while the old life is still living. And we learn here, and I love this verse, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. See, if the Spirit of God is the source of our life, then the Spirit of God must also be the course of our life. The Spirit's the source, and He is the course. And then we are reminded again, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. It's fascinating that the Apostle Paul brings it back to the fighting and the provocation and the envying. Because remember, the church in Galatia was literally ripping apart at the seams. It literally was. And Paul says, listen, no, no, no. Treat each other well. Don't provoke one another. Don't become conceited. You know, it's such a good reminder, isn't it? not to become spiritually pompous. Because sometimes you start growing and you start really thinking the world of yourself, you know? One of the things my pastor used to always say, say, Daniel, none of us are up. We're all just serving Jesus. That's it. And spiritual pride happens so simply. Brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul leaves the churches in Galatia with a decision. They're at a fork in the road. He's like, look, There's the works of the flesh. There's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the way of life and there's the way of death. There is you guys going after legalism or you guys following Jesus. And he leaves them to make the decision for themselves. Jesus is real. Do you have the fruit of the Spirit growing in your life? Are you experiencing things like peace and joy despite the chaos of the world? Pastor Daniel shared today that you can have every single one of these attributes when you spend time seeking Jesus. The more you get to know him, spend time doing the things he's asked of you, the more you'll find that fleshly desires don't matter. There's freedom in serving Jesus. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. 
Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Thanks for joining us today for Jesus is Real Radio. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will talk about what the fruit of the Spirit looks like in everyday life. How does walking with Jesus affect your relationships? And did you know it can have an effect on your finances? Pastor Daniel will be sharing some practical application for displaying Jesus in your interactions with people and will give you biblical advice for stewarding the resources God has given you. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Jesus is Greater Than Everything. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.